When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately. And he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are going to recap day number 11 of New York Jets training camp with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, I'm going to talk for a second here before I get to you. And normally these shows are like 99% you because this is a training camp report. And so I want to hear what you have to say since you were there in person. And obviously that's the whole point of these shows. But I do have to say, and this leads into what your observations were for the day. I can't tell you how tired I am of this new narrative that has somehow developed that Zach Wilson stinks or he's not ready for prime time all because he's had up and down practices and specifically the green and white he wasn't all that good for the millionth time rookie quarterback he's only had a handful of practices there's going to be up and down moments as you pointed out to me Chris before we even started the show today Justin Herbert obviously didn't kill it in camp the way that he killed it in the regular season because if he had Tyrod Taylor never would have started the year to begin with and so just because Wilson is a bit up and down at the beginning of camp doesn't necessarily mean anything yes you'd love to hear that he's crushing it every single day but as Robert Salas said to you guys after practice these practices mean more to the press than they do to the coaching staff the coaching staff is just trying to iron some things out figure out where people fit They're not doing daily scorecards of these guys, and I'm really getting sick and tired of not just the national press because I saw on ESPN and Fox Sports 1 today, and I'm not going to say who it was, but a whole bunch of different people on these panels discussing, are the Jets in crisis mode? Could Zach Wilson be a bust? Is he not going to be ready to start the season? And then, of course, there are several people on the beat, and I'm not going to mention who, but you know who it is if you check out the beat and see what they're tweeting that are sounding the alarm and doing the whole 911 emergency thing with Wilson when it's really not that big of a deal because, A, 
again, early in the process. And as you said before we started recording, Chris, this is going to be a week-to-week thing with any rookie quarterback. But B, and most importantly, it's not like Wilson is just going out there and being flat-out bad. He's had plenty of good plays. And in fact, today, even though it wasn't his best practice, I'm going to let you get to this in a second, he had a beautiful back shoulder pass to Jamison Crowder for a 40-yard gain, which nobody is talking about. They're just harping on the negative. And again, I want the full story to be told. I want the accurate picture of what's going on daily at camp. But what's really, really driving me crazy right now is that people are making this out to be something more than it is and that somehow this narrative is starting to form that Zach Wilson is in over his head and he can't start And I don't know, maybe the Jets should trade for Nick Foles and let Wilson sit for a year or something. I'm guessing that's probably going to be the next thing we hear from one of these talking heads. It's ludicrous. And I just don't know why people continue to perpetuate this. And for the people on social media or that are listening to talk radio and watching TV that are falling into this trap, please stop. Yeah, I I don't understand it because I just... What do people think a rookie training camp looks like? Any rookie quarterback. Uh, Sala talked about it the other day about Peyton Manning uh, having like a 70-something quarterback rating. He also threw like 28 interceptions or something his his first year, rookie year. Um, this is not – I know that rookie quarterbacks have had more success recently, but it's still very up and down. Like – I don't know why anybody would expect anything less than him to come in and struggle. And I love, I love when Salah and when coaches come in and they back up things that I constantly am banging home and repeating over and over, you know, process over results. The idea how I talked about this in minicamp, like this, I, I judge quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. I'm judging on a pass fail system here. That's it. Do you not look lost? If you don't look lost, you pass, and and there's still hope in the future for you. Um, and that's what Sala was talking about today. Again, it's a process over results. They're not looking at it on a day-by-day basis. They evaluate the totality of camp, and including OTAs, including what they're seeing in the, the you know the the rooms. Um, including what they see at walkthroughs, including what they're going to see in preseason game, they will judge all of that together to make their final decisions on things. But they're not sitting here going, oh, he was bad today. Or And then the other part of this, you talked about the back shoulder throw. If we just focused on three to five passes of his each each and every day, and we only focused on that. And if Jets PR, we were allowed to like shoot the video of it and we'd have that to throw. If we only did that, then everybody would be going nuts about like the potential that through the roof with this kid. Everyone, oh my God, is this the most amazing thing we've ever seen? But of course, that's not how it works because there's also the flip side where he has some bad plays and he's making uh, interceptions. Again, Salah talked about, brought this up today as well. Like, not only are they throwing a ton at him and not holding back at all, but he's also, this is what practice is for. He's testing the limits on what he can get away with right now. The speed is different going from college to the NFL. He is. T- 
figuring out what he can and can't do. So I like, it's the old Jay-Z line is like, I will not lose for even in defeat, uh, you know, a, a valuable lesson learned. So it evens up for, for me. So he's sitting there, he throws an interception and oh man, that's terrible. Well, he's like, well, mental note. Okay. You know, I might not be able to get away with this throw. I, I could get away with this throw in college. I can't get away with this throw now. Same thing. I, I playing a lot of tennis with my friends. Ball's bouncing in front of my face. My eyes tell me I can go get it because when I was younger, I used to be able to go get it. I, I'm older. I'm out of shape now. And I'm probably not going to get it. But my eyes tell me I can get it, and I run after it, and I have to realize halfway through, oh, no, 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 that's right. I forgot. I'm older. <clears throat> so it's a very similar thing here. He's trying to feel that out. He's pushing the boundaries. That is exactly what practice is for. And I would much rather be seeing a quarterback making those mistakes than somebody who is scared to make certain throws or who is hesitant to make certain throws. Now, to be fair, I said the same thing with Darnold when Darnold would go through his ups and downs and would be too aggressive in camp. But that does just because that is similar doesn't mean anything. And again, even if they're the same level, things are going to be better just because the situation is so much better here. The coaching staff, the talent around him. Um, this idea that he's supposed to be anywhere near perfect in training camp is absurd, to be honest. Um, maybe the worst thing that happened was that second day of practice where he just lit the field, absolutely torched it, just on fire. He looked amazing. Um, maybe that got people's hopes up so that when he came back and it's been up and down and struggling a little bit since then, people are like, what's going on? What's wrong? But I just don't know how you can expect anything more from a quarterback, a rookie quarterback in this situation. And this is not me saying, don't worry, he's going to be a star. Like, I'm not saying that. But – I am more confident from what I've seen. I'm more confident than I was when they drafted him. Um, and it just, it baffles me that anybody thinks that it should be any better or any different. Uh, I, I just, I know I haven't gotten to cover a lot of good rookie quarterbacks, but I, I promise you, I pay enough attention to the rest of the league that know to know that every rookie quarterback's training camp there, there isn't one that's looking better. Like, you know, maybe Russell Wilson looked better. Um, but like, they're all pretty similar. There's ups and downs. And when you're really good, you're going to have your moments, both good and bad. That's it's, it's par for the course is exactly what should be expected. But somehow people are acting like it's a huge disappointment and I don't get it. And just to be clear, when Zach Wilson makes bad decisions, I want to know about it. I want the full picture. Yeah. I don't want some rosy picture being painted that isn't accurately reflective of what's going on on the practice field. But I also want people to take it in context and I want people to understand where he's supposed to be at in the process so they can comprehend what is truly happening right now. As you said, he's making throws, experimenting a little bit. 
in the grand scheme, it may actually work to his benefit because if he works these kinks out in training camp, it'll help him as we get closer to the regular season, which is exactly what you were talking about yesterday with Makai Becton. Carl Lawson is the exact type of pass rusher that we knew that Makai Becton would have trouble with, at least at the beginning of his career, because what were the two biggest issues with Makai Becton coming into the league? His technique and his hand usage. Well, guess what Carl Lawson is excellent at? Technique and hand usage. So he was going to be a problem for Becton, and he has been a huge problem for Becton in training camp. And again, today, Becton got dominated by Carl Lawson, as he has for a lot of camp. But Iron sharpens iron. And so while some people will look at that and say, oh man, this is terrible. Becton's not going to be that good. We should really be worried about him. I'm looking at it saying maybe that's what it means, but it's more likely that what it means is Carl Lawson is helping Makai Becton get better by going up against him day in, day out helping him understand what it means to go up against these guys with superior technique and hand usage, making him improved in those areas because now he sees what he has to do to try and overcome those disadvantages because of his lack of experience with those things. And so when the regular season comes, perhaps Lawson beating him up in training camp will actually help him. Yes, I would prefer to see Becton dominating all day, every day. But at the same time, you have to understand what training camp is about. It's about these guys working things out and improving and getting better. And so that when the regular season comes, they're at their very best. Chris, I want you to talk a little bit about Wilson in totality today. We talked about how he had an up and down day. And then obviously he did have that 40 yard pass to Jamison Crowder. And then with Becton and Lawson, Lawson continues to kick butt. Becton continues to struggle against him. But again, I don't think that necessarily means that Becton is in big trouble. No, not, not at all. It's, again, like you said, it, it's a, a just an absolute terrible matchup for Becton. Um, and not just because of the the technique and hand, uh, uh, what use of hands, all that. But also, it, Carl Lawson is a smaller uh, edge rusher. He's got a smaller frame to get a hold of. They did have the pads on today, so that that can't be used as an excuse. But it's also important to remember, uh, Becton is new to this offense as well. And yes, uh, you know Lawson's new to this defense too. But his job as a pass rusher is rush the passer. Uh, it doesn't matter the system. It's just rush the passer. Do whatever move you got to do to get by the guy. That's it. Um, so Becton is adjusting to a new system. And then on top of this, I, I don't know why we're only focusing on Becton here. I get that he's the, the, the big name. He was the high draft pick. He's the most talented and he's the one that we had the most expectations for on that line. But the entire line is getting uh, absolutely demolished against the, the pass rush. <laughs> just absolutely demolished. The right side is not holding up any better. And whether it's George Fant, whether it's uh, Morgan Moses, uh, they're not holding up any better. John Franklin Myers and Bryce Huff are, are, are getting in there and disrupting plays a lot as well. There was a, a play today where just the entire middle of the line just caved in on Zach Wilson's face. Like it, the metaphor and Zach Wilson would have been suffocated, not able to breathe. If you translate that to real life, it, it just caved in right on his face. 
So the entire offensive line is struggling with this defensive line. It's not just Becton. But again, this, he's learning the system. He's getting familiar with it. And it's a really tough matchup. He's not going to be facing Carl Lawson during the season. Um, and, you know, obviously he's in his second year. Again, he wasn't going to have his technique and, uh, you know, hand users ironed out flat by this point. Like, that's going to take time as well. So I'm not concerned. Robert Salah said he's not concerned. I'm coach, again, coach speak. Don't usually want to trust it. This is something I'm going to roll with Salah on. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Denzel Mims today, a little good, a little bad. Had a really nice catch, but also an unfortunate drop that led to an interception. Yeah, this, this is interesting. Uh, the, the guy had to be a man, I guess, because he definitely had his worst play of camp. Um, I, I tweeted out, I was like, yep, okay, that was a really bad play. He was uh, on a crosser over the middle, ball hit him, easily catchable, should have uh, caught it. He bobbled it, went up in the air, and then it was picked off. But after that, he had his best day at camp so far. Not only did he get the most reps since I've been paying close attention to him. Early in camp, I wasn't paying close attention to how many reps he was getting because I didn't think it was a major story. It turned into a major story, something that we got to look out for. And, you know, I've been trying to kind of push back on the narrative here. Yeah, so I I decided I wanted to start watching him very closely so I could see, um, you know, know exactly what's going on. Um, And today he got the most reps that I've seen. Uh, And he did a lot of good things. He caught a couple of passes. There was other plays again where he got beat his man and got open. The quarterback didn't look to him. He had a really nice – it was just a simple go route, but it was like a 40, 50-yard catch. Uh, Echols had the coverage. It was pretty good coverage. It's not like Echols botched it, but Mims was just too much, too too tall, too fast. Caught it, ran right down the sidelines. Beautiful. And this is the thing. Even if he is completely struggling to learn – the intricacies, the ins and outs of all the the playbook, you can still send him out and have him run, uh, you know, three or four routes. You can still do that. You don't have to have him doing as much. They did have him one play where he, he motioned. Um, but you don't have to – you can limit it if that's the case. Um, Leisure Doosable had a tweet about it earlier today that this kid is too talented 
to just write off that he can't fit a scheme. You got to give him a chance. And if he can, if you got to give him at least a season, his potential is too high for him to just write it off. Unless you're going to get like some great trade in return, it's worth it to just write it out with him and see if he can pick it up. And, you know, I think he will be able to. Um, and even if they have to limit the routes for him, that's fine. They have other receivers. They don't need him on every play. They can send him out, and he can just run limited routes. But he can still absolutely be effective. As Leger Duzabal said on Twitter very well today, Denzel Mims is six for three, 215 pounds, and you know what he can do. He can grab contested passes. He can be very physical and win that way. And you know that he's somebody that can be an important red zone target for you. So if you're the coaching staff, you figure out a way to maximize his talents. I do not want to hear he's not a fit in the system. That's not an excuse. It might be something that's a hurdle to be overcome, but that's part of what you're getting paid for as a coach is to figure out a way to utilize Denzel Mims. So I think that's part of what training camp is going to be about is them figuring out exactly how they're going to utilize Mims. He's got an uphill battle because he's got those four guys in front of him and they're all good, but I would like to see what LaFleur and the rest of the offensive staff has in mind for Denzel Mims going forward and if they can figure out a way to get the best out of him, even if they feel in their heart of hearts that he's not the ideal fit for this offense. But if you want to talk about a guy that looks like he's going to be a very ideal fit for this offense, surprisingly, it's LaMichael P. Ryan. What a play he had today, just bowling dudes over. Ty Johnson had a drop, but other than that, he looked pretty good. The running back group continues to impress. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and they're taking turns. And again, this is what I think is going to happen in the season. You, they're going to use them all. Um, they're going to use, you know, four or five of these guys, and they're going to roll with the hot hand. Uh, today it was Ty Johnson and Michael P. Ryan. I, I had very low expectations for P. Ryan coming in. I, I believe I said on this podcast that I fully expected him to be the odd man out. I'm going to have to take that back. Uh, I'm thinking they might try to keep five and stash uh, Austin Waller on the, the practice squad because this uh, P Ryan is just bowling dudes over. He every time I watch him lower his shoulder and any type of one on one or close to that one on one scenario, he is just leveling dudes and just keeps on trucking. Um, he he looks quicker in and out of his his cuts. Uh, he looks like he's running with, uh, you know, bad intentions. Like he he's more comfortable. He know he knows what he's doing. He's not thinking as much. Um, and Ty Johnson is just so explosive. Uh, I mean, he's got those ham hock thighs that they're just so huge, and he's so strong and powerful. And when uh, somebody hits him, uh, wraps him up, and he can just keep driving and pushing him along. They're, they're so, they got so much talent in that running back group. And again, as much, uh, our, our friend uh, JP Waxer uh, tweeted me asking about, you know, give me something bad that's happening with this team. And I pointed out that the run, the offensive line's great with the run, but really struggling as a whole in pass protection. But 
they they are opening up the lanes for the run, and these running backs are not hesitating. They see the hole, and they're bursting through before it's even fully open yet. Um, and like I said, they're taking turns. Uh, one day it's Kevin Tevin Coleman, another day it's Michael Carter, another day it's Josh Adams. There's, these guys are all showing out. Defensively, old reliable. Marcus May, good again. We talked about him yesterday. LaMarcus Joyner had a nice day. And then this was nice to hear. Hamza Nasraldine is looking like he is drawing closer and closer to winning that Will Linebacker spot. Foley Fadakasi had a really nice day too. When Quinnen Williams comes back, that interior defensive line is going to be so nasty. But I'm really glad to hear that these guys all perform well, especially Nasraldine. If a sixth-round pick ends up as a starter and ends up giving you anything remotely resembling a quality starter at that, that's a huge win. Yeah, he's he's had a strong camp. They're they're throwing a lot out of him at him too. He's getting a lot of reps. Um, but he's had a strong camp, and today was another good day. C.J. Mosley also had a really nice day today. He plugged uh, uh against the run really early in practice. Just got right up there. I forget which running back it was, but just plugged that hole and just smashed the running back uh, right at the line of scrimmage. He made a couple other plays today. He really stood out as well. Marcus May, steady, reliable back there. Had another interception. LaMarcus Joyner, you talked about. Um, this The defense, the secondaries, uh, making some plays here and there. But, yeah, like you said, when Quinnen Williams comes back, this defensive line is going to be a real problem because – they're causing huge problems right now, and they don't even have Quinnen Williams. And then Vinny Curry, you can add to the mix w- when he comes back as well. Um, yeah, this this defensive line is going to carry this defense. That's going to make the cornerback and the safety's jobs easier. You got C.J. Mosley back there, Jared Davis, and you got uh, Dean coming along really good. It, you know. And I know what's going to happen now. We're talking him up. He's going to struggle a little bit in preseason. People are going to be like, ah, I thought you said this guy was good. Same thing. <clears throat> Rookie, he's, he's a, he, you know, he was a safety in college. It's an adjustment for him, too, to play, be playing closer to the line. But he's going to have his up and down moments and struggles. But I've seen enough from him in camp to think that they got something with this kid. I don't know that's going to show itself this year enough to really excite that at the end of the year, you guys are going to be like, yeah, man, we love this kid. But down the road, they got something. Chris, great news on the kicking game. Amendola and Nagar both four for four today. I'm still not sold on either one of them, but I'll take any positive news I can get when it comes to that position at this point. Yeah, they made them all. Uh, that's and that's all you can do uh, especially now that they're, they're not even doing kicking uh drills like this every day um and then they're just getting four attempts on today they each got four but they made them all and that's all you can do again Amendola's got the just absolute boot like the boot is of boots it's just huge um so i'm still gonna lean that way but four for four uh, for each of them uh, Can't really complain about that Justin Hardy left the field today With an injury what's going on with that And do we have any other injury news Yeah got a hip strain for Hardy It's nothing to be uh, Super concerned about um, the Zach Wilson uh, The hand got a little scratch on his hand But he went back in it so nothing to worry about There still no Elijah Vera Tucker yet 
I uh, still day to day. Obviously, again, they're they're slow playing it, and I'll reiterate again: Quinn and Williams will do a full simulated practice on Friday, and next week we should see him back out on the the practice field. Chris, interesting lineup of speakers after practice today. Robert Salas spoke, as he always does. But we heard from two guys that were drafted this past year that could very well end up being starters as rookies. One of them was Hamza Nasraldine, who we talked about before, possible starter at Will Linebacker. And the other, Michael Carter II, who very possibly could wind up as the starting slot cornerback. Yeah, um, Nasraldine was one of the things he was talking about is the adjustment from safety to linebacker. Uh, he He's even had to adjust to like remembering that he's a linebacker. He said when he f- first got here and he'd see people like around town or whatever, and they didn't know who he was. He'd be like, what position are you playing? He would be like safety. And now he's finally got it down. Oh yeah. Wait, no, I'm not a safety anymore. I'm a linebacker. So he's finally got that down and out of the way. Obviously, it's an adjustment playing much closer to the the line. The big bodies from the offensive line get on you a lot quicker. And then also you don't have the same vision, Uh, you know, obviously get a much better vantage point from a safety position. You can see more of the whole field. It's a little more tunnel vision there. Um, But he's talked about how he's, he was asked about picking CJ Mosley's brain. And he said, every day, every time he talks, Every time C.J. Mosley opens his mouth, he's picking his brain and asking questions. He's he's leaning on Jared Davis a lot as well, um, but he's trying to soak up all the information. Um, and he, you know, somebody asked him that there were certain people that were saying he might be the steal of the draft. Did he take that as, you know, is that good to hear? Is that a compliment? Or are you got a little chip on your shoulder? It should have been earlier. And he just said, Hey, I appreciate the people who believe in me like that. Thank you. But I don't really care what anybody's saying. I'm just going to go out there and work and I'm going to do my job and I'm going to play to the best that I can. Um, Michael Carter, um, he's he's talked, he's mostly playing in the slot. Uh, that's what he did in college was mostly in the slot. Uh, he's comfortable there. Uh, it's not too much of an adjustment for him. And this is something you hear sometimes from rookies um, a lot of times from uh, quarterbacks and corners that the the fact that the ball is always in the middle of the field, the hash marks are always where they are, it makes it a little easier for them uh, to know exactly where they are on every single play and where the, every single uh, thing's supposed to go. Um, so that makes it a little easier. The biggest adjustment he's had really has been uh, having more time to study the playbook and to like break down film and go over stuff because he's not a Duke anymore. He doesn't have to worry about schoolwork anymore. This is his homework now. So he's putting a lot of his attention and focus on that. Um, we already talked about a lot of what Salah said. The, the big takeaways today were what he said about, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, about this. these practices aren't for – they don't care about the scores, uh, scorecards, how we judge it. That That's how reporters do it. Um, but it, they judge on the totality, the process. It's all about the process, and they love the process that they've seen. They He mentioned that Zach Wilson 
it pops his head into the defensive uh the defensive rooms and he sits down with old brick and he's just like hey what did you throw at me here what is this like what, he's asking them questions to try to get better oh he's really learning he's not getting down he's not getting you know oh man i had a bad day today all oh, too like no he's he's ready he's asking questions asking how to get better and improve and he's working on it and you know this is what you talked about Throughout the entire draft process, this is something that was said about him constantly, and it's certainly ringing true right now. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal. Thank you so much for coming on and recapping day number 11 with me of New York Jets training camp. Really appreciate it. Check out everything Chris is doing over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbley and at JetsInsider. And check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com. Some great articles up there right now. Plus, on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, Luke Grant has some fantastic videos up. One of them breaks down C.J. Henderson's film and talks about whether or not the Jets would be wise to try and trade for him if he indeed is available from the Jacksonville Jaguars to play corner. Another video up about Carl Lawson and why he's been dominating in training camp and why he'll continue to do so in the regular season with all 22 clips, of course, and plenty more. It's all there on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, so watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. And go ahead and give us a five-star review on the podcast if you haven't done that already over on iTunes. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.